Uncharted Journeys. I'm your host, Kathy McKnight. If you're like me and you've ever sat back and wondered, how did I get here, whether literally or figuratively, in terms of your career or life in general, then you're in good company and have come to the right place. On Uncharted Journeys, you'll hear from amazing women about their straight and narrow, zigzaggy, or somewhere in between paths to success. Today's guest has a laser focus when it comes to process and efficiency, which is, has played well in her role as Sumsation's Chief Executive Officer. She is a senior director at diversified holding company Eldridge with a strategic focus on technology first business development and ongoing investments. She also serves as chief technology officer at portfolio company, the St. James. So many hats. She has also done stints with KPMG, Guggenheim Partners, and Deloitte's Financial Services Group. She's a fellow adventurer and appreciator of culinary and wine experiences. Welcome, Danielle Dilliberti. Hi, how are you? I am well. How are you? So you've had a super busy summer. I mean, on top of all of that, um, you're in the process of moving into new digs. Um, I gave just the highlight reel. So tell a little, the audience a little bit more about what it's like wearing all those different hats. Um, certainly. I, I get that question a lot. And, and you know, what's kind of funny is I don't think it's as different or as much work as it sounds when you think about anyone within their career, they're probably wearing multiple hats within a specific position. Um, and within the Eldridge ecosystem and our portfolio companies, um, I've had the benefit of serving as CTO for the St. James and then um, being one of the co-founders and shifting from CFO to CEO of Somsation. Um, you know, so it's just the same as, as switching any hats. Um, right now, I spend the majority of my time um, building the, the Somsation marketplace and platform. And a lot of that comes from my lessons learned wearing the other hats. And um, because I am so technology and, and process oriented, I can use the framework between the various portfolio companies that I've had the opportunity to be a part of and apply it. And so hopefully I'm getting better each time I'm doing that. Um, so I, I think about it as, as progress instead of chaos uh, to some extent, but some days it certainly is chaos. I like that. Um, from the chaos comes progress, right? Exactly. And learned and, and leverage um, both, you know, the attempts that maybe aren't as successful. So, okay, no, not to do that next time. Or, oh, I know, well, that will work. Um, and it lets you build into the other roles. But, you know, from senior director, chief technology officer, CEO, that's, that is a lot of diversification. But as you mentioned, doing that within a portfolio for a company provides, I guess, some continuity. I always ask my, my, my guests the same four questions. Is this, did you have a vision of this? What was the first career you remember wanting to do when you grew up? Um, I did not have a vision of this, if, if I'm being completely honest. So growing up, I always thought I was going to be an oceanographer or a marine biologist. Um, I remember I probably got the idea around four or five, um, but I used to sleep with Jacques Cousteau books. I would I would read them over and over again, and um, every opportunity I had to swim or snorkel or be in the water, or be with animals. I was all about it. Um, and then it was probably, you know, sophomore, junior year of high school, I took my first biology class um, and had to dissect a frog. And so the biologist piece of it just really was not working for me. Uh, so my childhood dreams of being an oceanographer really turned into just being an ocean goer. Um, and, and now I still love the ocean. I love adventure. Um, but it was in high school that I, I started 
um, recognizing that I really had a knack for numbers and and shifted to more of a business oriented focus. Um, but still, even going into my freshman year of college, I did not know specifically what I wanted to do. And I landed um, in an accounting track and got my um, undergrad degree in accounting and information system. So always a, a small underlying technology play there. But, um, you know, I spent the first 10, 15 years of my career really focused on numbers, data systems, um, you know, and now as an entrepreneur and um, managing a, a fast growing company, very different than what I originally had planned for myself. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm not sure there's anybody who grew up saying I'm going to be CTO, CFO, CEO, <laughs> all at once. Um, so it, it sounds like you've landed in exactly the right spot. You know, so you mentioned, and I think it's absolutely I could just, I have the vision of you sleeping with the Jacques Cousteau books. Um, was there a big influencer in your life? Maybe not someone who led you to the idea of biology or oceanography. Um, but was there something, someone that really impacted you and you, you even lean on today? So she's no longer with us, but I, for a long time, really, um, leaned on my grandmother. She was just such a major influence from as early as I can remember. Um, my grandparents, lived probably five or six blocks um, from my family where I grew up. So she was kind of constantly my cheerleader, always around. Um, and what was interesting is I remember even from a young age, she just really spoke to me as another person, not so much my grandmother, just more of a friend. Um, and so she was always very candid, shared really practical advice, gave me her perspective and, and her honest feelings about things. Um, and then she also just helped me recognize how much opportunity was in front of me, not only with my family and school, but other things. Um, so she really helped me dream big and, and gave me um, the confidence to, to dream big and, and kind of pursue things, uh, knowing that I always had a place to come back to. I think likewise, my uncle, um, who I didn't see often because he left Michigan where I grew up after college and moved to Hawaii and was a, an entrepreneur and just a really big visionary, always thinking ahead of his time. So I had a lot of, you know, for lack of a better word, adult conversations with him when I was very young. So I think between the two of them, um, you know, they just really gave me the platform to, to kind of think outside of the box and ask the questions that some might be um, you know, afraid to ask, so to speak. And I would get really candid answers, which, which gave me, like I said, the confidence to really um, start doing that within the business world with my professors first in college and then early on in my career at Deloitte. Um, and I've just kind of carried that with me to, to get in the room, ask the big questions, ask the hard questions, understand where people are coming from and, and kind of take it from there. That's amazing to have that kind within your family, to have those two strong um, people by your side to either push, pull, or guide, as the case may be. So you're fortunate to have that. Is there a song that epitomizes your career path? That's, a, that's an interesting question. There's probably a, a bunch. I think the one that I'm landing on right now is um, Bon Jovi's Living on a Prayer. Um, so I think I've, I've always kind of thrived in really fast-paced, demanding work environments. I've, I've been in and kind of more of a, you know, nine to five job. And, and that really wasn't for me. I, I tend to like um, work environments that are opportunistic and really kind of pushing the boundaries. Um, and, you know, some days I think you just need to manifest that it's all going to work out. You, you, you might not know where you're going. So you're just, you're kind of living on that prayer, but it's with the idea that it's, it's not in vain and that the hard work pays off and opportunities come from that. 
Um, you know, and I think by constantly keeping that in mind, even when the, the days are long or you don't really know the road that you're headed down. Um, one of the things I do is reflect often on um, my different projects or even, um, you know, roles within different companies and, and reflection, I think really helps me kind of continue to, to live in, in that kind of motto where sometimes you don't know where you're going and you're just going to do it. Um, because typically my colleagues and my clients, uh, um, really are better off. And, and I think the hard work does pay off most of the time. Um, and then it also just has a catchy beat, you know, it's kind of one of those tried and true classic social anthems. So, uh, you know, you can, you can understand that it's not going to work out, but it, it will eventually. And you know what? Everybody needs a really good beat to live by, right? Something that they can go back to just to get them going. What would the street name be if it was an actual, if your career was an actual road? Windy, that's for sure. Um, you know, there is a, um, there's a, scenic drive in, in northwest michigan and i was just actually up there not too long ago as i know you're aware um, but it's called the hidden coast and it, it kind of winds through um the the northern part of michigan and there's lighthouses and it's kind of like one of those instagram worthy highlights um but i do think that that's a metaphor for kind of where my career has been and especially what we're trying to do um with with some station you know it's it's kind of taking the road less traveled it's it's looking over the bend seeing what's new um you know i think going with with the lighthouse um metaphor shining a light on on really great things that maybe did not get as much attention as they had before because that's really where where opportunities i think present themselves and when you try to to kind of look for something that hasn't been there before there's really great ideas that come out of things it's it's a way to get creative if that makes sense yeah, absolutely. I love I've I have never driven that piece of uh road. I think I'm gonna have to probably check that out. Um it's up there, but I know you are as well. So it's it's really Yes, really yeah, good. it's uh, Michigan is is not a far hike for, <laughs> for me from here and sitting in Toronto on this very suggested like June and September and then and then it's a no go. Maybe maybe October. Yeah. I'm sure actually it's probably lovely during uh during the fall season with the colors. So you've talked a lot about you, your career definitely hasn't been a straight path, that you've tried new things, that you're, you're empowered by risk and, and trying something different. So what has that career journey looked like? Where, where did you start and, and sort of how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, well, I think you, you summarized it well um, early on in the, in the um, chat, but I like I said, started college, um, you know, with an inclination of where I wanted to go. Um, and that was a big bubble of the business world, right? No, no idea what that really meant at the time, but that's what I set out to do. Um, and so I went to Michigan State and early on in, in my college career, I was in an accounting 101 class, um, you know, as, as business 101 as it gets. And I took my first exam um, and I did pretty well on it. Um, so I thought, and then a couple of days later, I got an email from my professor asking me to come into the office. And I thought, did I do something wrong? Did he think I cheated? Um, very nervous. It was my first interaction with a, a big professor at the university. Um, and I walked into the room. There were about 15 of us gathered there. And we were all looking around very confused. And he said, you all aced your accounting exam. You should be accountants. Um, and so I took that advice and I got my degree in accounting. I ended up working for him um, as a, a teaching assistant and then as a graduate assistant when I, I did my master's program. And then um, it was 
couple years later, I was having the same conversation with him in the same room. And he said, you're not going to be an accountant. Um, and I thought, well, why are you telling me this now? You were the one that told me I should be an accountant. Um, but he said, you know, I have a feeling that that you're going to be off and, and doing some other things. So that really stuck with me. Um, and I, I did. I spent two years with Deloitte. It was a really great foundation. And then I got an opportunity to move on to Guggenheim Partners. Um, and that was a pretty large leap. They were looking for someone with an additional three to five experience, three to five years of experience. And the COO at the time had told me, you're, you're either going to sink or swim. And I thought, well, I know how to swim, so hopefully I can do that. Um, didn't really know what that meant in the context, but it was, it was a great opportunity. I was with Guggenheim for seven years. Um, and within the organization, I, I did a bunch of different things. because It was a very fast-growing organization. Um, and then now, you know, 10 years later, um, a lot of a lot of the people that I work with currently um, are from either of those relationships, and and so I've kind of um, meandered along the way since then, all with opportunities that really have kind of presented themselves through my network, um, which I think is really interesting because, um, you know, having kind of that windy road and taking those leaps, they were. They were things that I would have never really thought of, but they all um, tied back to some of the foundational pieces that you and I talk about, um, which is, you know, kind of process and, and making sure you really understand your people and things like that. Because I, I do think that my progression has come from, you know, being willing to learn something new or take on new work that's maybe a little bit outside of my wheelhouse um, because that really does create new opportunities and I'm one to push myself out of my comfort zone. Um, and so I think that that has allowed me to really navigate this this kind of zigzaggy career path with really the foundation of, of finance and accounting kind of at its core in everything that I do. So I'm curious, can you tell me a bit more? I'm, you know, you talk about, certainly it has been, you know, you, while you've stayed within the, I would say the framework of, of business and accounting, you've definitely, if that was the, the hub of a spoken, spoken, um, hub and spoke model, um, career, you've certainly branched out across many of the different spokes that lead from that sort of anchor of, of accounting and business, you talk about pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone and, and constantly doing that. Is that a natural thing for you? Is that something that you've always done? If you think back to, you know, you were, I think you mentioned in our previous uh, conversations that we've gotten together about um, that you were a cheerleader um, and that you've done, you know, different sports or different academics. Was it always with the sight of doing something new and different? Is that a natural state or is that something that you need to remind yourself that, okay, yes, you know what, the safety place would be here, therefore I need to go there? Yeah, um, that's an interesting question. I think for me, it's probably a more natural place um, to kind of seek some risk and adventure in new things. But I also think it's um, like a risk and reward combination where I've been rewarded more often than not, certainly not 100% of the time, but I've been rewarded more often than not by taking some risks. And those are obviously, you know, risk adjusted for lack of a better word, um, where I've kind of thought through what happens. And one of the things I think I always have in the back of my mind is you can always go back to that place of comfort, um, you know, and, and typically if, if, you've, if you've done something well and have built a network 
especially in a professional setting, um, that place of safety or comfort is, is still going to be there. And so I naturally am kind of always pushing the boundary a little bit and, you know, sticking my head around the corner, wondering what else is out there. Um, but I think because I, I have taken the leaps and, and nine times out of 10, you know, really saw that it, it either progressed my career, I learned something new, or it was just really fun and interesting. I'm willing and able to do that more. So part of it is, is really a, a conditioned effect, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Was there a defining moment? So you mentioned this, this, you know, the first, and I would have been gobsmacked, scared if I got my professor was telling me to come meet with them <laughs> after my first exam, I'd be full of angst and, and nervousness. Um, but it turned out to be a good thing. And then he turns around a couple of years later and says, yeah, you're not going to be accountant. So I can't imagine that didn't give you food for thought and reflection, but was there a defining moment, some decision action that really significant, significantly impacted the trajectory of your career? I do not think that there is a, you know, single moment or a defining moment. I, I think there's certainly milestones um, throughout my career that have accelerated the trajectory. Um, but I think for me, it's more, it's been a steady progression every couple of years seeking something new. Um, you know, I, I'll, I'll kind of share two things. One, I think one of the reasons that it's been a continuous progression, but such a zigzag where I'm not necessarily taking major leaps, but I am really pivoting is because, um, I was always pretty, um, communicative with my, my management. And, and part of that was probably just being naive at a young age of, of being able and willing to walk into the room and, and talk to, to my managers and, and the thought leaders in the room. But I think I was always sharing that I was willing to learn that I'm a curious person that I would try to take on new work. Um, you know, and I wasn't always the, the most productive or, or the smartest in the room when it came to new work. But I think that that really helped me because, um, you know, my peers and my managers would present me with new opportunities and I would be one to push myself out of our comfort zone as, you know, we just talked about. But that curiosity, um, I think, led me to raise my hand more often than not. And that would then give me new opportunities. Um, and like I said, the last 15 years, I've probably been within the same ecosystem or network, but very different jobs. Um, and so that's been that's been a big you know motivator or even multiplier of of my career trajectory. Um, and then I think because I've always been interested in numbers and because technology makes working in numbers a lot easier, I just naturally had a knack towards technology um, and and just the way the world is going and moving. Um, you know, sometimes the stars just align, which has also helped uh, the the trajectory of my career as well. Yeah, I like that. Uh you feel a little bit of kismet impacting where you're going as well. So, you know, you absolutely, you take the chance and you own it, but you know, sometimes some, a little bit of divine intervention can, can go a long way in, in, in moving us forward. So talk to me a little bit more about your current role. You talked about how they play off of each other and how you're learning and leveraging across the different hats that we, we mentioned that you wear but, but what's it like? Are there common challenges that you're seeing? Are there new compromises? You know, the world has changed so much over the last, you know, two, three years. What's it like for you? You know, that's such a great point. The world obviously has just changed so much over the last 
couple of years. Um, and I think a lot of it unplanned. You know, we we never thought we'd yeah. be in a pandemic. We never thought the world would stand still for weeks or months on end. Um, so, you know, luck plays into in, into it sometimes. Um, I think that in, in terms of what we're doing now, um, my latest endeavor is it, it, it combines so many things that I love personally and professionally. It's it's about people creating partnerships, building innovative technology, socializing, and then of course wine. Um, and the idea came early on in um, the pandemic, and we were really just trying to think about how can we bring people together. How can we do something that is is going to solve the the immediate problem at hand? Um, and it led to us recognizing that there is a huge opportunity to modernize parts of multiple industries, including hospitality, the wine industry, shipping and logistics. Um, so by incorporating a lot of the practices that I've learned over the years, we were really able to, to build out Sonsation, which is a wine experience platform and marketplace. Um, and it's really created to just elevate consumers experiences and create, you know, just a really great environment for wine tasting. And in our case, it could be outside of a wine room. It's basically wherever you are. But I think those are some of the key components is the customer experience, the, um, you know, the need for convenience. And because time is such a challenge for all of us, trying to think about all of those things um, is really what led to this latest endeavor. Um, but, you know, I think for me, the biggest challenge is, is time, which was a big piece of us figuring out how to solve this. Because for us in the pandemic, time stood still to some extent, um, but we were also kind of boxed in and we wanted to get out. So it was just a really interesting time to kind of think and be creative and come up with something new that we didn't even realize was so needed. Yeah, certainly um, jumping on that and, and leveraging, um, I guess, too, the, the shift or the, the numbers, the percentage of people that actually turn to online, of course, because there was no choice and being willing to, it, it was that mitigating factor, right? Every, there were people that would never have otherwise, they would have lived their lives not ever having purchased something online, engaging in a community and whatnot. And we were all so desperate um, to connect. It was, it was very uh, fortuitous timing for you to be able to really recognize that and, and move forward, which obviously you've done throughout your career with the success that you've had. So you talked about a natural inclination for success and uh, for technology rather and, and success, um, but to technology and how you see it as an enabler, as something that facilitates the world of business and accounting and whatnot. If you weren't in the tech space, if that wasn't sort of where you had found sort of your, your um, mojo, what do you think you'd be doing? So, you know, I'll give you two answers. One, I think, is, is the safe answer. Um, I, you know, I, I would go back to probably my core, which is, um, you know, investment management and, and accounting. I, I love working with numbers and people and, you know, just the personal and I guess you could call it the personal um, financial success or, or financial well-being of individuals is really important to me. Um, you know, whether that's someone with their 401k or a, a company with their pension or something like that. So that would be that would be kind of my safe, real answer. Um, but I also think if I was going to just really, you know, take a risk, do something totally off the wall. Um, I've always dreamed of being a flight attendant just because it's a cost effective way of being able to travel the world. And it's, it, again, it's, it's still, um, you know, kind of focused on, on people and destinations and adventure. Um, but if I could, if I could be a travel 
travel agent or a flight attendant without any of the headaches, I would jump on that opportunity. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I've had that same, same thought as I've, you know, I'm sure you're at the million mile um, club as well as far as travel. And I thought, you know, if I could jump to that like 20 year seniority where you only have to fly sort of three legs a month um, and you get to choose the routes that you go to. So you could do like China or India or South Africa or you know, Brazil um, and only have to be away for four, three or four days a, a month. Sign me up. Right. I'd be right into that. And then you sit next to a jerk on the plane and then you think, never, <laughs> there is not enough money in this world that would get me to do this job. Yeah. It's, it's one of those where it has its, its perks and then it certainly does not. You're, you're working for those perks. Oh, 100%. Yes, particularly as we've mentioned over the last couple of years. All right. So, I mean, you've, ta- you've, given, you've given me so much great advice and things to think about as I move forward. But for our listeners, particularly the women in our audience, what would be your best piece of advice on you know, life, career, success, happiness, moving houses, <laughs> as you've recently done? Exactly. Well, I mean, Kathy, I know you've heard me say this before, but for everyone else listening, I think... Um, for me, it's really about getting your hands dirty, um, even if that means learning new things and doing something you haven't done before. I'm, I'm a really big believer in um, rolling up your sleeves and just getting, you know, in the technology spaces, we'd say get get under the hood or, or get on the back end to really understand how all of the parts of an organization, a system work together. I really, you know, can't stress enough that I don't think that there is anything better than trial and error. Um, I just think you learn so much and hopefully you're succeeding more than you're, than you're not. Um, but really just getting your hands dirty, thinking about things, um, in new ways, working with subject matter experts that are either your peers or, or completely, um, you know, outside of your comfort zone, I I think is also a, a big piece of the puzzle. So being collaborative while getting your hands dirty, um, is I think what helps on, um, you know, the, the career, side of things. It's also life, right? Like as we talked about, I'm I'm moving into a new house and I'm literally going to have to start getting my hands dirty because there's so much yard work that needs to happen. And I do not have a green thumb. Um, so I have all of these books and I'm going to try to do that. I'll, I'll let you know if it's successful or not, but I'm, I'm going to stick with my motto and get my hands dirty there. <laughs> oh, I wish I lived closer. Gardening is my zen. It is my happy place. So I would have uh, loved to have helped you out with your new garden. Oh man, it's going to be, it's going to be an upward battle for me, but I'm looking forward to it. New challenge. All right. Well, offline, I'm going to send you a link to my favorite gardening gloves. They are the absolute bomb. Great. Um, All right. So Danielle, thank you so much. I know you are swamped. So thank you for making time to have this conversation with me today and my listeners. Um, In closing, where can we find you? Are you doing any other podcasts, any, any um, social events or, or speaking engagements? I have um, a, a couple other podcasts coming up, which um, I'm looking forward to. And then I will be um, at a women's mock conference in Madrid in September. Um, oh, so you're going. I am. I am. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, but Somsation is, is taking up most of my time. So that's, that's really where you can find me on, on the Somsation social sites or on my personal LinkedIn or the website. All right. Well, I wish I could make the Women Mock Conference in Madrid, if for nothing else, to see you and share a glass of wine in Madrid in September, which is brilliant. So safe travels there and good luck with the garden. Thank you for your 
for today for your conversation. Your energy is absolutely infectious, and I am um, I can't wait to to engage more with Sumstation. For our listeners, Danielle and I met a few months ago at a conference we were both speaking at, and I have been uh, all over that now. So <laughs> thank you for that. Um, to my audience, thanks for listening to Uncharted Journeys with me, your host, Kathy McKnight. Uh, I hope you enjoyed our conversation or my conversation with Danielle and hearing about how excitement to learn and endless curiosity can lead you to just about anything you want to accomplish, even things you never knew you wanted to do. And if you're keen to hear more amazing stories from more amazing women, join me next week when I will be speaking with Caitlin Sorensen, where we'll delve into her craving for deep connections and passion for making all things more efficient which sounds like she is a total kindred spirit with you and I, Danielle. As always, you can head over to unchartedjourneys.net to sign up for our email list, as well as check out the links and resources in the show notes. So thank you again for listening. See you next time. And until then, enjoy the journey. Union's been on track.